This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yes, 10 after 11, I was saying to my guest here, to Misho Marsha, that this song reminds me of Lawrence Dube, you know, he says, Kiss of Life. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man, he was one of my favorites back in the day, you know. Indeed, incredible. Even the transition from Radio Bob to Metroid. That's right, that's right. You know, even when he was on, uh, I think it was the Toyota Top 20 back in the day, I used to really enjoy him. Uh, the Neil way he Johnson. transitioned to, to TV as yes. well, right? With Neil yeah. Johnson. With Neil Johnson, exactly. And they left that uh, table soccer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a great show. <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh. like you and I, we've seen the same things. Yeah, no, I think we're from the same era. <laughs> and from the same hood. Yeah. Mums? Mums, born in Mums, grew up um, between Harangua and Soshanguve. Really, so between those places, I always say I'm from Pretoria, like for real, because I go Pretoria, because I was born in Mums, and so there's been a back and forth. Most of my family's in Mums, yeah, um, and I've also got family in Atridgeville, Gopeli. So it's like between those places, Mamelodi, Karangua, Sosha, Mabopani, where I had a lot of friends, and Atridgeville. It's like that's my life story, man. I, I, no, we can't call <laughs> you a Mums guy. I reverse that. Oh, why not? Exapitori O. <laughs> but I think my spiritual home yeah. is really like Mamilodi. I like the idea of being from Mamilodi. It's just such a cool, cool no, place to I'm come from. I'm from Mabupan. I can claim you as well. This man. Even you, no. lots of your friends are in Mabupan. Exactly. Exactly. Come on, go guy. see. Oh, go to see. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. We just had a. No, before we even talk about film and your career. Mm. Uh, the the choice of song, yeah. Shade, oh, okay. Kiss of life. Kiss of life. You chose that song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It's a beautiful yeah. love song, but I also think if you if you gospel it a bit and you just in, insert God as the one who gave you the kiss of life and vice versa, I think it works very well as a gospel song as well because it just talks about how every one of us kind of at some point in our lives when we're going through something quite difficult, we need somebody or someone, something, some entity, uh, God to give us that kiss of life, to kickstart our life again, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I think uh, that song represents what God has certainly done in my life. You know, first he gave me the kiss of life for me Mm -hmm. to just be on the planet. Mm -hmm. But even through my rough times, I've I've really felt like he's given me that kiss of life to come back even stronger. You know, to be sure when people look, you know, when, you know, people look at people like you on television Mm -hmm. and, you know, this uh, glamour and glitter stuff and, you know, 
you just you even hesitate to think that people go through vicissitudes. They go through the ups yeah. and downs and whatever. So you're telling me that you once hit rock bottom, you once get serious challenges? Yeah, you know, I mean, a number of times. I wish yeah. it was just the one time. <laughs> yeah. But we, we, we go through it. We all go through it. And I think that's a myth that definitely has to be broken, that people have to understand that everybody goes through tough times. And the reason why I think people need to understand that, especially that people like me go through tough times, so that when they're going through their tough times, they can get through it. You see, tough times do happen. I think the problem is when we stop, when we're in the tough times. We got That's why the saying goes, you got to get through the tough times and get out on the other side. I mean, some of my lowest points were, um, I think a couple of years ago even, you know, finding myself at 41, 42, living at my mother's house because I had literally financially hit rock bottom. My career had, had seriously um, ground to a halt. I'd been canceled, uh, as the saying goes, and having to pick myself up and find my way back to where I am right now. Mm. Mm. And really, it's not something you can take for granted because uh, at times, to me, some people bounce back, some people don't bounce back. And we had incidences, for instance, in one of my interviews with the Vadisandara who said mm. she attempted suicide. Yeah. And so on. So, for people who are in that stage, yeah. how do you? What what safeguards or what mm. what what do you do? Who do you reach out to to assist you to bounce back so that you don't go yeah. deeper and deeper into that hole of emptiness? I think you have to really get in touch with your spiritual side, whatever that represents for you. You really have to find yourself with a spiritual foundation in life because people will let you down. Uh, life will let you down. And sometimes there isn't anyone who can help you bounce back except for yourself and what your foundation is b based on. And I always say that when you're going through something really tough, that's not the time to commit suicide. I'll tell you why. Because everything that we go through that is difficult and that is challenging is not necessarily for ourselves. So we shouldn't really take it personal. Because what we're doing is we're getting through something and we're creating a story of triumph for someone else to actually get through their particular hardship later on. And if you always think of it that way, and I, I sometimes suppose people might think you create yourself as this hero in your own story, but mm -hmm. ultimately that's what we are. We're the heroes in our own stories. Mm -hmm. And if we think of life that way, that the pain that I'm going through is not for me, but it's for someone else who might go through the same thing. And I'm going to be the one that they either use as an example of some that guy got through it so I can get through it or someone that if they can get hold of you they can reach out and you can be an inspiration to them. Yeah. To Michelle, let's talk about the narrative, especially when mm. actors or people in the spotlight are experiencing challenges. And the first narrative or the first criticism you hear is that they were making a lot of money in their prime. They don't take <laughs> care of their monies and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because it is quite harsh because people don't even know your bank balances or whatever. But the yeah. first thing that people do is to say he didn't or she didn't take care of his or her money. <laughs> I, I sometimes think that as actors, we we, uh, we complain quite a bit, you know, and, and we try to get the audience sometimes in real life to feel sorry for us. There are a lot of true stories of, okay, um, the, the, the industry is a little bit tough in terms of financially. I always think you got to live on faith, right? Um, you could be doing really well one moment and not so well the next moment. Mm -hmm. um, and when people say, oh, he didn't take care of himself, he didn't put his money away, I understand that. I, I, I can get it, but it's not always possible. Having said that, 
I don't think complaining really helps you or anyone else. I think as a performer, as an actor, as a freelancer, as anyone in the world, even if you're in corporate and you got what is deemed a secure job, um, there's no such thing. Always remember that there's no such thing as a secure job. Use all your talents to make sure that when one door closes, another one is always open. And in fact, have a couple of doors open, have multiple streams of income if you can, so that you're never like in a position where you're out of pocket because one door closed. But having said that, I think um, people sometimes have a point, you know, I mean, we come out on these platforms and complain about how the industry has been unkind to us. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think the industry is what it is. It's a business. Um, If you can make people money, they'll invite you back in. If you can't, well, it's too bad. It's it's a money-making business. 17 after 11 on the spotlight this Friday on uh, on Power Talk. Um, and of course, Tumisha should be talking to Lerato Mbele, but of course, she lost her voice yesterday. So I had to step in and do the business today. But before we move to the other topic, I just want to finalize this particular point because it is quite important, Tumisha, mm. about your decision at the age of 41, 40, mm. when things were not going well, the decision yeah. to go back to your mom's house mm-hmm. or to your mom's to, yeah. to, to your home mm. because that's something that most of us can't do yeah because ah <laughs> mm, it's, it's not even downsizing by the yeah. way yeah it's yeah, not it's like, like you're moving from a mansion no, to a, to a no. bachelor flat like you're going you're back finished, home right but what larry did that play out into your mind or no uh, you know obviously it will play out a mm. little bit but you know um you got to be careful to let you to not let your mind play those tricks on you because our mind right mm is not necessarily us. There, there's this box in our head that, that just spews out information and says things and reacts to the world in its own way. And you've got to decide who you are and how you're going to react to that. So when my mind was saying, I was like, Baba Fing. Baba Fing. Bomang. And it's all white because ultimately um, they are not here to pay for my bond or my rent or my car payments or whatever. So how about because because... Um, it, you know, it doesn't change the fact that this is my reality. You can go to Shuash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and and I thought to myself, also, what's the shame in that? I mean, it's a restart. Mm. Um, these things happen, if not to everybody, uh, to that extent. In some way, we all go through sometimes financial trouble that forces us to either downscale or restart or something like that. It just so happened to happen to me, mm. uh, which I've actually found quite philosophical because um, something in my head said, if not you, then who must it happen to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, I just had a conversation with Ntlan um, uh, Tlandaba, the, the curator of Jobek Film Festival, oh, because yeah. the Jobek Film Festival is starting now the 27th. And mm. I want to ask you, because uh, to Michel to say, because I was saying to him, did we invite to Michel for this year? He didn't invite me, you know. <laughs> he, he said, no, we invited him in the reception. I said, for this one, he said, no, uh, he can come no. through and whatever. Mm. But the f- film festivals, mm. how relevant and how are they important to the actors? You have been part of the Joburg Film Festival. I'm not sure of mm. other international festivals yeah. and so on. But have you benefited anything? Have you learned anything from the film festivals? What role do they play to the actors? Well, I think they're very career? beneficial to our mm. industry because obviously they showcase our stuff, you know, and they remind people that we're doing stuff. And also that Joburg has a strong film culture. So 
I mean, I'm very um, grateful for the film festivals and that sort of thing. I, I do think that we've got to move with the times and maybe push them in a different way. I- I'm not sure how yet, because if I did have that answer, I'd be knocking on their door with a proposal. <laughs> but I-, I do think that maybe um, digitizing some things, especially making sure that social media plays a big part in awareness, mm-hmm. because... Ultimately, a film festival is supposed to get people out to the theaters yes. to watch the films mm-hmm. in that kind of environment. I, I still believe that films are best watched with a room full of strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about that sense of community mm-hmm. that we've kind of lost with film when we're just watching at home mm-hmm. uh, and it's just two of us and we're streaming something. Yeah. So I think reminding people um, that this is happening and really pushing it is wonderful and it's commendable that power um, did that for the Joburg Film Festival. But on the other side, Joburg can push and make sure that people know that it's happening. So people go out, and, and I'd urge people to go out and watch the films. Yeah. Mm. So, Tumishomasha, from your days yeah. as a young boy growing up in Mams, mm-hmm. Atridgeville, Soshanguve, yeah. Karazona, uh, Karangua, mm. and of course, I'm claiming you, Mabupani. Yeah, Mabupani. So, <laughs> in that multiplicity of mm-hmm. townships yeah where did the love for film start or that's, that's a really good question and i just feel like it started right there um i remember going to zone four there was a bioscope that we had back in the day and i i'd go back you know every saturday my cousin and i would go watch the matinee and um, it was a double feature. There would always be a, a, a Western, spaghetti Western, and a Kung Fu movie. And then in between the interval, there'd, there'd be trailers of other movies. And man, I was, I was fascinated by these moving pictures. And, I, and in my head, I was like, one day, I want to be inside there. <laughs> you know. And I remember the first movie I ever went to was with my parents. Mm. Um, they took me to live and let die it was in 1979 mm. it was probably very inappropriate for a four-year-old to go and watch <laughs> such a movie but you know we didn't have those problems back then yeah. <laughs> and i saw some things and my eyes just went boom wide <laughs> open and i was like i love it and it was like james bond right fighting yeah. these black gangsters um with this very like funk theme and they're all at afros i was like this is the world i want to be part of i don't know how i'm going to do it but one day my dream is to be in there and yeah it's always been something that i've pursued like when i was still at school i'd always tell people nah get your egg tamoni feeling me and they'd be like yeah oh <laughs> Indeed, different strokes for different folks. Mm. I'll tell you why. When we talk about two films that we watched, Kobaharangua cinema, Bomabopani cinema, go Odi. Yeah, go Odi. Because it starts with the martial arts or kung fu. Yeah. And then yeah. after that, it's either a Western and the other ones we used to call them agents. It's Abu Bob, it's Abu James Bond. Yeah, yeah. It's as an agent right. or yeah. the Western. Mm. But here's a difference to Michel Masha. Because I might have seen equal kung fu, martial arts, Shaolin yeah. movies and Westerns mm. the same as you did. Or even more than Maybe. you did. Yeah. Because I used to bank schools at the time to oh, wow. watch martial arts. <laughs> But it never occurred to me yeah. that I want to be in that brand. Maybe nigga pop. <laughs> <laughs> so it just it just fascinates me that you decided at yeah. that young age that I want to do that. 
I mean, I always had very artistic tendencies. Yeah. And I say that because um, I always say to young people, first find out what do you love to do? What do you love to do so much that you could do it for free? Whatever that is, pursue it because that is the secret to where your gifting lies. Yeah. For me, I just knew that I loved films, I loved music, and I loved art. So I would draw all the time. And at some point I thought maybe I'd go into the arts, maybe I'd paint um, and be a fine artist. Maybe I'd be a musician because I used to play music. I used to play in a band, blah, blah. Or maybe I'd act because I'm always volunteering to be in the school plays and, and all those things. So I thought one of those things is where I'm probably going to land up, but I'm going to push all of them as far as they can go until I find the one when I'm older mm-hmm. that I'll then be able to do. So, Sometimes when you're a young artistic kid living in the township, um, and this still happens now, even young kids in the township who have big dreams of, one day I want to you know, create an AI uh, code and, and do something, um, or one day I want to fly a rocket to Mars. People in the township will always try and kill your dream because they make it as if your dream is impossible. But that's the purpose of a dream. Mm-hmm. A dream has to seem impossible even to you and especially to everyone around you. Otherwise, it's not really a dream, right? Yeah. And and as, as, as long as people keep telling you you can't do it, your goal is not only to show them, but to try because you owe it to yourself to show yourself that you're good for it. You're good for your dreams to make them happen. And that's how I pursued it. I was like, no, I'm going to show myself and I'm going to show you while I'm at it. I want to go back to the language you used. Marabiang, Maratumisho, Marabiang, what's that? I'm good at printing, Biang, Mar. Yeah. And that's your typical Harangua lingo. Yeah. But when they even edit, you know, they've got a way. Bo Alaran, Damushaba, Vatse, Mudagem, Esmuginigans, Nes, the Muginigans, Esmububudens. That's how I keep on Marabiang, Tumisho, Biang. So, from that moment of that question, but how, Tumisho, how do you get into the, the, the film? So, you studied, I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. in primary, middle school, mm. whatever, mm. high school mm. and whatever. But now, how did you start chasing and formalizing that dream? Well, I think the first part of that is just to do, right? Because it doesn't matter if you don't know the how. But you can do. We can all do something that's working towards our dream. And a lot of that is unlocking your potential through volunteering. Put your hand up. Um, go, go do stuff for free that you would want to do, Right. You, you like clothes, you like sewing, and you can't get a job, ask someone if you can help them with, with sewing because that will help you later on pursue maybe a career in fashion. Um, for me, it was I loved anything to do with the arts. So when at school, I remember primary school, and they were like, um, every year we have this, this thing that we do where we pretend there's a, there's a wedding and the cutest two kids, a uh, girl and a boy, marry each other. And we, you know, and I was like, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'll, I'll be the, the, the groom. I'll the be the groom. groom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got a suit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and, uh, and, and I just, I just, every year, I was putting my hand up for whatever, even if I wasn't particularly good at it, because then I knew I could at least learn. Mm -hmm. And by doing, I found that I was, one, polishing this diamond that is my my gift. So I was getting better at this thing, my talent, Mm -hmm. um, and getting ready. And two, maybe I was finding the building blocks of the how through that. Yeah. You know? Mm. Incredible stuff. At primary, you volunteered... Yeah. Um, you were driven by 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 passion and, and and so on, and I just want to go through stages because mm. it's quite important even for a young um, a young boy and girl who's listening to this conversation in terms of how it all started. It started with that going to 
films and whatever, but you making that decision at a young age to say, I want to be in the films, mm. but then doing something about it, because that's what you're saying. Yeah. To me, don't just dream, but do something. Mm-hmm. So during the sketches, I was alone, those marriages and whatever, you put yeah. your hand up and you participated. Mm-hmm. And what was the next step in terms of moving to to pursuing that dream? All right. I, I believe that God will find will find you in the midst of what you're doing and elevate you along the way. Because you see, what we're trying to do in life is create energy. Mm. So we've got to do things to manifest things. Yeah. So I think by doing that, what happened was it took me to the next level. So by the time I left Le Solang Primary School um, when I was eight years old and was transferred by my parents to uh, Whips Primary School, which was a private school at the time, um, the first year I was there, I didn't even know how to speak English. You know, my first couple of months, I was just there. This only black boy with all these white kids in the class. It's 1983. It was, wow. rough, you know, it was scary. But I just realized that because I had done all the other stuff, the first thing that, that helped me was I was able to be charming, if you will. I was able to get the people on my side. So then they wanted to help me learn this language. Once I learned the language, by the end of the year, I was one of the leads in the, in, in the class play in grade two because I had already been doing the work. You understand? I didn't arrive there and then look for the thing. A lot of the times what young people would say is, if I want to be, let's say, a radio jock, you know, I really love radio. I'm only going to start doing it when someone gives me a job on the radio. It's too late by then. Too late. Do it at home. You know, um, do it for your family. Be that irritating kid who's always like back announcing music and, <laughs> and so on and so forth and having conversations with random strangers and interviewing people. By the time Power FM finds you, you'll be somewhere. You'll be kind of getting cooked. Yeah. And then understand that it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of effort on your part. You're going to have to go from place to place and getting better and better. Because also the other thing is we get to a level where we think, I think I think I'm good enough, yeah. but you might not be good enough for the real world. Mm. When the real world tells you you're not good enough, don't become resentful and then give up on your dream. Take up the challenge to be better. In the spotlight today, Tumisho Masha, my special guest, Rishoka Chumalachi, standing by with the news headlines. You're listening to Power Talk, 9 a.m. to noon. Okay, 26 minutes a bit before noon, before we wrap up the conversation. By the way, I'm going to open the lines now. If there's anything you want to pose uh, to my special guest in the spotlight, to Misho Masha, feel free to get in touch with us on 0861 You can also tweet us or X us at PowerFM987 using the hashtag PowerTalk or tweet me directly at Murio Muriano. A build of character. That's what I. That's what I will define it uh, mm. to Misho Masha. Because <laughs> I mean, how does the parents take the decision to take you to an all-white school at a young right. age and you survive it? Can you? Can you? I think they had no choice. I left them no choice. Yeah. Okay. What happened was mm. I was in Sabi, Kolesolang, <laughs> and Sabi is standard one. They were separated by those, I don't know, those partitions, partitions yeah. right? And then mm. for the longest time, our partitions like didn't close, although we didn't have enough partitions. Because yeah. <laughs> that was the, the case yeah. with that school. Mm. And I'd always look at the standard one T1, and I found her so cruel. I was like, I am not going to standard one. I said to my parents, like, Nagi, go standard one. Let Lampona, you'll leave me, Honamomo, great, Mosabi, until, until, Marquale, I guess, it's unplanned. 
So I was lucky enough that the plan that they made was fantastic. Yeah. You know, they took me to a school that was beyond my wildest dreams. Whips. Really. Yeah, Whips. 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 Waterkloof House Preparatory School. Waterkloof. And it was exactly like how I made it sound is exactly how it sounds. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We had to speak very proper Proper, while we were there. Um, (laughs) But it was great. I mean, it opened up a whole nother world for me, man. You know, Um, and at the time, I think. As a as a young black boy growing up in Kharangua, uh, Soshanguve, those parts of the world, mm. seeing that side of life and mm. seeing what was possible, mm. that's what it did. It made me realize, hang on a second, actually mm. anything is possible because I'm living in a place with other people who have a different sense of reality. For mm. them, anything really is possible. Their fathers, I mean, one guy's mm. father was a CEO of Toyota at the mm. time. Mm. And you mm. just realize, well, hang on a second. Mm. These guys are living a totally different life. Yeah, For the first mm. time I went to someone's birthday party, I think he was turning nine, and then we went to their other house, which happened to be a massive farm, and we rode their horses. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what's going on this is This is probably, I like this side of things, mm. you know. Mm. Um, but experience... And I, and I always say to people, like, pay for experiences. When you make a little bit of money, mm. pay for great experiences because mm. those experiences open your mind to what's possible out there. Yeah. Don't always look to buy things that are very materialistic with mm. your money because mm. ultimately having a nice car is just that. You have a nice mm. car. Mm. Um, having a nice shoe is just that. You have a nice mm. shoe. But if you if you spend money on traveling, mm. going to other countries, mm. not only does it make you see what actually is out there, mm. but it helps you appreciate what's back here at mm. home. Every time I go overseas, I go, oh, I have mm. a greater and deeper love of where I'm from. Mm. And I always think, we are so fortunate to live here, mm. but we don't know it. Yeah. You know. Okay. I want to reference my conversation with Ndata Kafasimene once more. Young mm. to Masha, the talent... You pursue the dream and so on. But Brake was saying to me um, last week in our conversation mm. that um, your talent has to be crafted, has oh, to yeah. be sculpted. Oh, yeah. He's and, absolutely and right. He, and he told me how their talent was sculpted. Brahu mm. Masigala's talent was sculpted yeah. by the likes of Miles Davis. Mm. Jonas mm. Kwangwa's talent was sculpted and all those mm. kind of things. So with your talent, mm. how did you then now did you get any formal training in terms of the arts? Yeah. So, yeah. I knew that I had to get some sort of formal training. So by the time I was already in matric, I was applying at various institutions. But I wasn't still sure where I was going to fall. Was I going to go to Wits and study fine art? Was I going to study music? Was I going to study drama? Mm-hmm. And where do I go? Mm-hmm. You know, because it wasn't always very well advertised. And there was no mm-hmm. Google, you know, mm-hmm. to help you find it. So what I knew was... I couldn't just come out of high school and call myself an artist without having gone through some proper training by very experienced professionals. I was lucky enough um, to go to the UK and study um, A-levels there. So there I did like um, economics and accounting and law, which is really like fantastic because I still use it, right? I have a good understanding of macroeconomics. I have a good understanding of accounting, you know, the bare basics of like what goes into a production, Mm. you know, Mm. Um, and laws. Mm. When it comes to my contracts, Mm. I really understand them. Mm. So that helped me. Then when I came back, I got a real job in inverted commas. <laughs> I worked at IBM for six months just to see what it was like I'm in the corporate world. You were with computers. I was with computers, man. 
<laughs> but I was in the HR department. I was a data capturer. That that really broke me for those six months because all I would do is take pieces of paper and put them into a computer. And every day the papers would just become stacked higher and higher. And I was like, maybe this corporate world is really, really not for me. But I had to find out, right? And Ed then Mijo, it was like that guy in the post office who just took out his his time during the days of letters and stamped. Then they just caught the figures on the target they stamped. Right, it right. was more like that. It was like that job. It was literally the most <laughs> menial job ever yeah. that you could get at mm. at a place like IBM. But it was a great environment because I learned about pitching up every day, hard work, normal work. You know, like life is not glitz and glam. Life is real. You wake up early. You sit in the traffic. You go to work. So that when I become an actor and I reach my dreams, I'm not complaining about those things. Mm. And then I uh, applied at Vits, and then I, I I got IBM to sponsor me, so they wow. gave me a bursary. They wanted me to do marketing and come back and work in their marketing okay. department. So I promised them if I, if they let me do drama, yeah. I'd still come back and work in their marketing like department. I know I owe you that IBM. I'll come back one day and work in your marketing department. And so they paid for my for my varsity to study <laughs> drama. <laughs> 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 yeah. So um, I applied for for drama. I had to audition. Um, which I think is great because it really tells you that you you qualify to study this thing. Yes. Like mm. you, you are here on merit. Mm. And then from there, it was four hard years of polish, cutting and polishing this rough diamond. Mm. So that by the time I finished at Vits, yeah. I was ready to be in the world knowing what I'm doing. Because trust me, guys, if you don't study for this thing, when you come on set, we don't have time to teach you. Mm. And, mm. and you're now mm. in front of the whole world mm. learning. Mm. And, you know, social media is, is not nice to anyone. If you're there and you don't know your stuff, yeah. they're going to take you out. Exactly. And, and it's probably going to be more detrimental to you, your, your psyche than if you had just spent those years studying. Tell us about your breakthrough into now the professional world of yeah. film and acting. Yeah. Um, I was always very fortunate to, because I volunteered. I, I say that. I was, mm-hmm. My volunteering made it possible for me to get into spaces, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd put up my hand if there was a play at Vits being done. And, you know, mm-hmm. next thing I know, one of the plays is being shown at the Joburg Theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a civic theatre at the time. Then from there, another play is being shown at the Market Theatre, mm-hmm. you know, and I just keep volunteering. And so people are seeing me. I get an agent. My agent then goes, um, go for these auditions. And I remember the first year of auditioning, I didn't get a single part. I was wrong for every part. Mm-hmm. But I just told myself, this is part of the process. Just mm-hmm. keep going. And eventually, if you knock enough times, a door will open. I had also the hunger mm-hmm. and I guess the, the energy as a young person to do mm-hmm. that. So... Eventually, one door opened, and I think I did Soul Buddies for a couple of seasons. Mm. It wasn't too bad. Mm. And then from there, just different things happened, and I said yes to everything. Yeah. I just said yes. yes I yeah. said, you want to be on Channel O? Okay, okay. yes. You want to you wanna be an Mnet presenter? Yes. Um, do you want to be uh, a writer on Isidingo? It's not going to pay much because you're not going to be a real writer. You're just going to sit in the room and help with story. I said yes. yes yeah. And then from there, it led to me getting an audition for uh, Dumisani Tusong who, because I was with the writers, they decided, let's write you this part. Because every time I went to audition for his dingo, if yeah. you remember his dingo, there were a lot of minors, right? Mm. So mm. me and my private school accent couldn't really, 
you know, crack it, crack it as a minor. It yeah. was like, there's just something about you that's not really believable. That you, it's like, what do you mean? What do you, littering, littering. So anyway, then they wrote this this part for for this cheese boy, and it was like, that's me. You know, yeah, yeah the cheese me. boy. <laughs> By the way, it's not terrible by the cheese boy. It's not a cheese boy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I mean? Cheese boy for life. I'm proud yeah. of it. I'm, gonna, I'm claiming it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just moved on from Sidingo and from yeah. that was mm. the big one because yes. from there that's your national TV yes. now and yes. everyone's watching Sidingo and yeah. I was a crossover. Uh, TV star, if you will, I could go anywhere and be recognized by white people, colored people, Indian people, mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of people in terms of different demographics from working class to middle class to upper class. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was like uh, join top billing and that just took it to another level, yes. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it starts off with just putting your hand up and saying, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'll help. Yeah. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And then... From there, someone finds you and helps you. Yeah, indeed. Before mm. we talk about the the new series, Champions, I just want ah. to go back to films. Mm. If there are any films that you've acted on that you feel that, ah, this one, I did my best. There's a film that, like, I, I'm still like, when are they going to show this film? When are they going to release it? Mandela's Gun. I feel like yeah. they, I really did my best, you know. Yeah. I played the man, Mandela at a mm. time when he was starting Umkonto Esizo and he was mm. doing his military training. And he was a very fiery politician. You know, he wasn't the Mandela of reconciliation. And you can see how he grew into that. And it gave me a deep understanding of him and his mind and, and what he was doing and his sacrifice that he made um, for all of us. Because we all think it was just from the time that he went to Robben Island. Mm. But even then, I mean, he'd just gotten married to Winnie Mandela. I think they were like three years in. He was young, professional, middle-class a lawyer and he gave that all up and he knew he was probably never going to see his family again. He left his children when they were very young to go and pursue this thing. And I just felt like his spirit was always there with me, just guiding me through to, to do this right for him to kind of tell that side of his story. And I know a lot of people nowadays talk about um, his legacy and they trash it in terms of like, he negotiated a settlement for us where we have peace, but we might not have and democracy, but we might not have the economy. And I think that's exactly what a negotiated settlement is. There are going to be things that you don't like about the settlement. Um, but ultimately, what we have is the potential to be whatever we want to be because we got the peace, we got the democracy, and we got the human rights that we never had. Mm. I think everything else was never a given. Like, mm. I, I think young people need to understand no one is coming to save you. No one is going to give you stuff for free. There is no such thing as free lunches. Um, and I also say there's no such thing as also like free relationships or free love. You know what I mean? So as long as it's free, just know you're going to pay later. You know, there's no such thing as free money. Exactly. That's what I loved about Mendoza. He was very real with that song. Yeah, indeed. Um, <clears throat> oh, So that film, I mean, I feel like I should watch it. Mandela's Gun. Yeah. Why, why, Apparently, why you can not? catch it on like yeah. BitTorrent, you know, the pirate websites. I have heard. I haven't seen yeah. it there myself. Uh, if that's the way we got to watch it, that's the way we got to watch it. What? You know? What a pity. And then another one that's still very close to my heart that's actually on Amazon right now is The Domestic, which I produced and starred in. Okay. So for me, that was the first feature film that I produced. And, mm. and it has a lot of um, 
sentimental value because it was the first time I'd produced a couple of short films. It was the first time producing a full length feature and putting something like that together. You know, mm. it took me back to those days going mm. to the Biscope Cozo and Four and 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 watching Go Audi, you know, mm. sitting there and I was like, I've done it. Yeah. I've put it together. In the spotlight the Friday edition of Power Talk to me show my show my special guest and of course I'm taking the the calls now we'll wrap it up um, with the with the champions uh, but for now let me go to the phone lines um, mm-hmm. starting with uh, who's been holding for some yeah Clifford in Mabupane welcome Cliff oh okay sorry okay I'm not sure alright just hold on there all right. Okay. Um, I think I'm trying with. Yeah, I think we'll, we will sort it out. Yeah. All right. 13 minutes before that. But before we go to the full lines, um, okay, mm-hmm. we've got AB. Yeah. AB Pretoria. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm all good. How's it, man? All right. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, I'm really inspired by Tungisho's uh, 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 resilience. He's, he's very resilient. Uh, not too many people will come from. Uh, that far like if you yeah and then they are able to come <laughs> back stronger so he, he came back stronger so i'm inspired by by him Thank and you. i actually wanted to tell him a funny story that uh i met his father go university of pretoria oh yeah i was doing yeah i was doing my first year at the university of uh, pretoria in medicine mm-hmm. and at that time i thought i was one of the oldest students i was around 27. Mm. and then i met his father and then he was also doing first year i think a uh, law first yeah. year law we were studying for and then law. ever since we we get along we always meet at the gym and then he will oh, always uh, inspire me he will tell me what to do, what not to do. He will always encourage me to to take care of my family. Mm. So he has a great, he's a great father, and he's yeah. also a father figure to to me in that day, in that day, Masha. Yeah. And I only mm. found out after years that he's uh, Dumisho's father. I didn't know, but we had the relationship for years. What's that one? He only told me after I, I met him in 2011, oh, wow. and mm. we have been having this relationship for even now. It's just that. Um, We'll meet at the gym and then I'll go away for long. And then whenever we meet at the gym, mm. we'll have breakfast, we'll chat, and then mm. he will plus he likes talking. But I <laughs> just like somebody. to be sure, he's, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's a he's a he's a great man. He's he's yeah. a father figure to me. And okay. yeah, I'm I'm grateful to have him in my life. Thanks, so man. I was just wanted to tell to me so that he has a great a great father. Thank so you so much. He's not only a father that. to him, he's also yeah. a father to us. I'm Thank glad. you so much, Aben Pretoria. Let's go to Clifford. Mabopani Cliff, welcome. Hello, how are you? All good, man. I'm okay. Thank you for taking my call. Um, and I really appreciate uh, the conversation you are having with your guest. And uh, I'm grateful that I happen to be um, listening right now. Oh, uh, it really speaks to me. And it is, you don't, you don't have idea how much it has given me hope. Wow. Um, I wow. feel like it talks to me at the right time where mm. I have hit my lowest. And you talking about everything, uh, it brings that light at the end of mm. the tunnel that I'm still in right now. That it's not yet over. As, as much as you mentioned that there was a time where you had to go back home and everything, I'm still young at the age of 28. And mm. I thought maybe it's 
somehow is over based on the current circumstances mm. going on. But thank you very much. You you really I'm glad you to really hear made that. some <laughs> I don't know how to put in words, but yeah. thank you. Cliff, you've got a whole life ahead, ahead of you, of you. Yeah. and yeah. you had inspirational words from Tumi, so you will bounce back. You'll bounce back. And man. we'll call it only the greatest comeback, just like Muhammad Ali, yeah. when you bounce back. Okay, yeah. thank you very much, Cliff Mabupani. Yeah. Let's go to thank Mandla you. in Midrand. Mandla, your question coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, greetings uh, uh, to the both of you. Hey, Mandla. Uh, yeah, man. Firstly, from Rio, let me first uh, uh, really thank you so much uh, for having uh, done a beautiful tribute to Carlos Cheche. Uh, who we have laid some few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, that really uh, moved most of us because I think he deserved it. And uh, it. Uh, to do me show, I mean, uh, we've been classmates since 1996 <laughs> uh, together at Vets University. Uh, in fact, uh, I always tell a joke. <laughs> I yeah. always tell a joke and I say that uh, the reason I did not uh, follow the, the the acting career is because Dumisho uh, had an accent, <laughs> right? And, and, and I was Come coming on, from a rural, a rural school, and our English hey, was so bad. Hey, that Bantu, that Bantu education uh, English, and it was so terrible. And I always thought, because it's Dumisho Masha, uh, I thought he uh, comes from Ramasha, you see, okay, because yeah. I come from I yeah. come from Skukune as yeah. well. And I just thought, what happened to my accent <laughs> that we have Dumisho with this accent? But uh, look, he has always been a sharpshooter. He, he, he was a sh- we were all sharpened by the best of the best mm. from Maisha Maponya, Mahokodi, Rapulanesi, Pimo. So, really, uh, your story uh, speaks so much about the cultural and the creative industry because we have lost a lot of young people. Mm. Uh, who cannot stomach challenges of the industry. But also your point around entitlement, you Mm. know, that um, uh, this one will always wake up and complain. And this is what the message we are saying to everybody. Work hard, make money for other people so that you can always be able to make money for yourself. So I think this comfort zone, this entitlement, but also to overcome the challenges the way you did it to me, it speaks a lot to some of us, particularly Mm. us as artist managers in the music industry. Mm. Um, Mm. We want to really take this as a the only recipe for success for most of the young people that are listening. Thank you so much to the both of you. I'm really enjoying the the conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Mandla. All right. Uh, Let me go to another Mandla in Pretoria. Mandla, good morning. Welcome. Hey, Tara. Uh, you've got uh, to me, so, uh, and, and and he can correct me here. But I remember my mother saying to me when we saw him on TV, he was like, "No, man, this boy used to stay right in front of us." Uh, okay. uh, you remember him, Balad? Yeah, that's a guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was one guy, and, and this is what I'm trying to review. He was one guy that was always alone. Like he never, I don't know, maybe because I was younger. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in his age group. Yeah. But uh, we, I think we're maybe three or four years apart. Yeah. But you always sat alone. And I was like, hey, what's wrong with this guy? That's how we treat you. That's how we treat you. It's our magadani. Okay, my dear. Thank you very much. Look, I'm inspired by your story. 
Hey, Tata. Keep on going on. Thanks, uh, At least uh, for the young ones, they can see you. Hey, look what I got. We got something going on. Yeah, yeah for sure. Man. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> thank you. Let's go to Tabo in Mamilodi, and then we'll we'll talk about champions afterward, and also mm. for for to, hey, to reflect on some of the calls. Yes, Tibos. Mario, Diman, ne ne ne, kuna lele suko mo 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 drona mo 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 diwan. Yeah. La the the. Uh, so they saw the guy. So I was like, no, this guy comes from the same street as as us. Yeah. But who, how so? Okay, no, in the street you are so, uh, you know, uh, 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 fortunate to, to have three celebrities coming out of our street because of they didn't know that. I was, mm. I was like, no, if they made it, you can also make it. Yeah, how about Mama go Diwan? Is that street? Yeah, it's a. How about Mama go Diwan? Is that very street? Yeah. Yeah, go Diwan. Get him, Baron. Get him. Look at this. He was born here. Mm. And I'm about to over again. Also, the twins that are acting on 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 TV. We are so fortunate to have these people in our street. And if they make it, if if, if they made it, you mm. can also make it. Okay. It's not like you have to see them every day because of they are working people, mm. but they mm. come from mm. here. Yeah, and then they, they 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 were born here, and then they went out, and mm. now we see them on TV. So if they made it, you can also make it. But I'm I'm so proud to have people like you coming, so that I can relate the story. That no, I know these people personally. Ah, thank you, know? you so much, brother. Thank you very much, thank you. Warm, All right, here's a a bit of a preview in terms of. Um, in terms of the the new series champions mm. but as we conclude also in this four minutes i want you to reflect on uh, on silver ten siege i know that <laughs> i never wait i think uh, we're gonna mention it but yeah. anyway let's start with the with the clip <laughs> The only problem is me thinking that the man who I helped build this club would at least leave me something young. This is our GM, Snessy Pumudiza. So now I'm glad this is about Kombisa Abad that we, the Giants, still got it. Who's Tata is being So we can play a man with fitness player. I am going to show him how the only thing Esne Aitin goes like we. I work harder than everyone else in this building. I want my intentions to be clear. You could talk to me. It's not about going to go to win. I'm afraid to win. I get coming to Svazana in Mazio to arm a pumelelo kambala when I'm gone. May begin. There you have it. In the last, oh, in the last two minutes, yeah. if you want to reflect on some of the inputs. I'm so excited about champions. champions. I, I want to tell you that because mm. it's really about where I come from. And it's always exciting to have something that represents where I come from. Because a lot of people forget that I'm actually from there, you know, like from those very dusty streets. And I'm very proud to be from there. I, I love the people from Pretoria. I love our culture. I love who we are. And I'm hoping that with this, we can showcase it to the world and show people that we're, we're crazy. But we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so where, where, where can we see champions? Oh, it's on um, Zanzi Magic, channel 161 on DSTV. So uh, every Monday to Friday at 7 p.m., check it out. It's actually quite, I like it. I'm very proud of 
what we put together. We worked very hard. We got an amazing cast. Um, some young people that have come into the industry that, you know, fill my eyes with tears. They're so good because they've really worked hard at their craft. I mean, these are people that that have studied this thing. They take it very seriously. They're still working on themselves and their craft. And um, they they make me feel good about the future of where this country is going. I think we've got some amazing young people. Uh, I know that it's not always easy because not everyone's giving you an opportunity but make your own opportunities, collaborate with other young people. Like I always say, volunteer your time. Who knows? When you think you're just giving something away, you're actually building your own legacy in the long term. Silver Tensich, Kamfana Wago, Tako Mabupa, Mandla Dube. So, wrap it up for us. Your role, it wasn't just, you, uh, it you was, were just incredible on that. Thank I you mean, so I, much. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. It was yeah. so amazing to make that movie because it was like historically so relevant and so real and it reminded us that there were people like that who existed. Mandla made it and you know we come from the same hood as well and Mandla actually went to St. Albans I didn't know he was one of the first the pioneers he went way before I did so you can imagine how long ago that was so you know it's it's a story about something that happened many years ago that I think was pretty heroic and I hope the young people of South Africa can pick up on that spirit once again as we are about to approach the elections now in 2024 I think it's your time young people to really change this country 30 years later and make it your own what you want to see in the spotlight to Misho Masha I thank you all guys technical producer Owen Maji Nike Sanyani Wabudu Koshi I've been doing it for the Queen of Hearts Laratombele You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.